day four of main draw action at the stunning Indian Wells Tennis Garden and tennis fans have been treated to some of the most absolute best tennis. Tennis that was played in the most glorious atmosphere and in conditions that could not be any more perfect. And as we keep on saying, it's very much tennis paradise. The BNP Paribas Open facility has been teeming with fans and after the last couple of years that is more than a welcome sight and so incredibly thrilling and I can assure you the players are relishing the situation. Hello everyone and it's such a pleasure to have you join us on the Tennis Paradise podcast. I'm Craig Gabriel, your host on the Tennis Paradise podcast and this is the eighth episode. I'll be joined by my friends and broadcast colleagues from Bank of the West Radio, Jill Krabas and Nick McCarville and we'll go through the highlighted matches that were played Saturday including that blockbuster between Rafa Nadal and Sebastian Corder. You'll hear directly from both players about their thoughts but what a match it was. It was gripping tennis and Jill was getting so nervous she didn't want to look at times and she was a top 40 ranked player who had a win over Serena Williams at Wimbledon. We will also preview the match schedule for Sunday which will feature the likes of Emma Raducanu, Andy Murray, Alexander Zverev, Iga Svantec, John Isner, Simona Halep who plays Goko Goff and Madison Keys who plays Alison Risk. This is the Tennis Paradise Podcast. I'm Craig Gabriel. Thank you for listening. Jill Krebas joins me now to look back on what was played, and I'm going to reveal commentary booth secrets while we were on Bank of the West Radio. Jill was going crazy as Rafa and Sebi enthralled us all. She was like a willow tree swaying from one side to the next with her allegiance. She loves both players, but her hands were sweating. She was throwing her arms up in the air. It was pretty funny. Am I right or what? I was I was I was struggling. You saw me. I was I was really stressed. I'm happy for Nadal. I really felt for Sebastian Corda because he had done such a good job of playing so well to put himself in a winning position. And I know what that feels like to almost have one of the biggest wins of your career. He was playing his idol. I mean, he's been idolizing Nadal for a very long time. They've practiced a few times together. And to have this opportunity in the United States among this massive crowd, it was packed in there on Stadium One. And just to see him get a little bit nervous, I mean, I think uh, Nadal mentioned that he felt like he got a little bit nervous and Nadal just said, I just kept fighting, which we know is one of his best assets. And that's what Nadal needed to do. He just kept putting the ball back in play. He just found that deep grit that he always finds. But I did feel for Cord. I mean, I feel like that one's going to hurt a little bit. But, um, you know, he'll bounce back. He'll try and take the positives away from that. He'll keep fighting. But it was it was just a really, really great effort from Nadal. 6-2, and Sebi Korda was two points away from scoring that upset. We're going to hear first from Rafa and after that from Se- from Sebi. Probably he, he got a little bit more nervous. Uh, he made some more mistakes, being honest. Uh, and I think I I played a little bit better at least. Uh, I think in the 5-2... I started to play a little bit cr- more cross court with my forehand and without uh, having a little bit more of calm. Uh, he made a couple of mistakes, then I, I was able to save my serve. And then uh, in the 5-4, he made a mistake with his forehand, but I played two great back and passing shots and then a good lob in the 3 all. 
I mean, with the 5 4, then there is more pressure, and it's true that I hit some good shots. No, but then in the in the 5 fall, he had the game break point and an easy forehand that he missed. No, so uh, I don't know. I, I was super lucky today to be through. Every single time I practice with him or, or play with him, I, I feel I'm getting better and better. And 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 yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's a progress. He's one of the, the greatest players of all time right now. He's he's uh, he's super hot. hasn't lost a match this year, and kind of to push him to to the edge was was awesome. Um, shows a lot of, of my game and, and how dangerous it could be against tough uh, tough opponents. And yeah, just overall overall happy. Now before that match, you know, Daniel Medvedev played and won his first match as the newest world number one. He was pretty solid, wasn't he? He was very solid, but that's almost exactly how he is all the time. He's one of the most solid players out there. But what impresses me about him is he's, I think, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and the way he moves around the court and is just incredibly strong. A lot of times you see him so far back and you think that short part of the court is open, but he's not only moves so well to side to side, but transitioning forward, I mean, he's just got all the tools and the consistency. And I mean, yeah, to come out and perform that way too, as a new number, no, world number one, I mean, he, he was impressive today. Yeah, he beat uh, Thomas Marshak 6-3, uh, 6-2. Six, six, and let's hear from Danya, as his nickname is. Just curious if you could talk about the things that have meant the most to you since you got the ranking. Uh, and just being out there today, they kept saying, here's the world number one, here's the world number one. You kept hearing it repeated. Does it seem totally real to you now on um, experience? It does. I actually, actually, I'm even interested how did it feel for other guys because probably everybody will have different emotions because everybody is different. But for me, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's a great feeling, it's something I, I have always dreamed of, something I was going for. But at the same time, I just, you know, I want to I wanna play better, I want to try to win more, you know, for example, talking about Australian. Australian Open for sure wanted to win it, you know, was really close, didn't manage to do it. So I'm like uh, thinking, okay, if I have one more chance like this, I should be better, I should be stronger. And the more tournaments you win, the more um, points you gain, the more chances you have to stay at this number one spot for more, more weeks, more time. And that's what matters for me the most, you know, I, I usually try not to think too much about the past and more about the future and the present. So that's why um, sometimes I think it can be maybe not that good even to you know to try to realize what you've done. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to, to focus that I'm happy about it, but also trying to continue working and playing good, for example, here in India. And Joe, what about the biggest upset of the tournament with the second seed, Irina Sabalenka, being stung by Jasmine Paolini, the Italian, from a set down? Yeah, she really fought back, and that was what it was about against Sabalenka. I thought Sabalenka was looking pretty good in the beginning of the match, and I thought she was going to maybe get that done in straight sets. That's how strong I felt like she started, but Paolini just kept fighting and fighting, did a good job of winning that second set and pushing it to a third. And I just felt like, you know, Sabalenka has been struggling, and I feel like players, if they feel like they have an opening, they can just keep fighting and fighting. And so she did a great job today. She was asked, what was the key to the match? I think I try to to return deep balls, you know, to to try to to make uh, body serves because it was tough for me to keep her, you know, um, far from the baseline because she's standing so close to the to the court. She's hitting, especially the first ball, very very hard. So 
Yeah, just trying to keep her as far as I can from the court and to yeah, to play many ball as possible because I think she's so strong at the first ball, I mean, serve and return. So I think that was the key. JC, what about some of the other matches across the nine courts that were, were used here at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden? Well, there were so many, and just like we talked about before this day even started, how many matches there were to choose from. We were lucky to have nine stadiums going all at once. I was paying attention to Carlos Alcaraz, who everyone's been talking about. He just had a title a few weeks ago. He came through against Mackie McDonald. Shelby Rogers had a tough, tough match against Ostapenko. She did a great job of closing that match out in two sets. Petra Kvitova had a long three-set match today. I mean, I was watching the end of that, and she was on her knees at the end of that match. So thankful to get through that. That's how hard she fought against Sasnovich today. And Monfils looked very, very strong. He was in straight sets. I like also the two defending champions were out on the course today. Definitely was paying attention to them to see how they came back strong. And both of them did. Cam Nori was out on Stadium 5 straight sets against Pedro Martinez and Paula Bedosa looking very good against Martinkova. She was pushed in that second set, 7-6, but Bedosa again came, came through in straight sets. And also quite a few doubles that was very exciting, but so many matches that were just so great. And so, so many opportunities for the fans to just see so much heart out there. Yeah, some of the other winners, Casper Rudd, Shelby Rogers, Dan Evans. I mean, the uh, list goes on and on, as we've been saying the last couple of days. So for now, Jill Krabus, thanks very much. Thank you. You're listening to the Tennis Paradise podcast, coming from where else but Tennis Paradise, the BNP Paribas Open. I'm Craig Gabriel, your host, and now to Nick McCarvel to look at what's coming up at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. I will tell you, Stadium One has Emma Raducanu playing Petra Matic at 11 a.m., then Igor Schrontek faces Clara Torsen, followed by Matteo Berrettini against Holger Rune. Not before 6 p.m., Simona Halep plays Coco Golf, and then Tommy Paul the American will face Alexander Zverev. Nick, over to you. Well, Greg, we just have so many great matchups. You mentioned there the Stadium One. Of course, that's going to be the place to be. But also seeing a lot of matchups of country uh, play, you know, uh, players from the same country doing battle. Country men, country women. We start with Sam Query and John Isner on Stadium Two. They've met nine times before. Isner leads that head-to-head 5-4. You also have Maddie Keys and Allison Risk. There's two Americans. Brandon Nakashima and Francis Tiafo. We've got Alex Dimonar and John Millman, the two Aussies, as well as uh, Pablo Carreño Busta and Jama Munar. So a little bit of a theme there in a sense uh, to watch out for, but you know, just so much good tennis. This is my favorite part of Tennis Paradise of the BMP Paribas Open this middle weekend. And it was a big win on Friday for Andy Murray to move into the third round. He's the second match up on Stadium 2 against Alexander Bublik. That one's going to be a fun one for yes. folks to tune into. You know, Murray hopefully physically has recovered. Bublik is playing some of his best tennis of his career. He just won a title in the last few weeks. So that's definitely one uh, I'm going to have my eye on. I think, too, you know, we love, you and I both love, having the doubles as such a featured part of um, this event and in the evening session on Stadium 2, John Isner, Jack Sock, 
against Tanasi Kokonakis and Nick Kyrgios. I mean, pass the popcorn for that one, right? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I mean, the special Ks are back in t together. And the thing is, those four guys are all pretty good friends. Oh, yeah. There is going to be, uh, well, let's just call it banter on court. I think there's going to be plenty of that. Sock and Nick are, are, are definitely good friends. But, you know, across the draw, there's just, and this is too where players are really looking to make it into the second week of a Masters 1000, both on the WTA and ATP sides. I think a, a really interesting one, you know, if you want your off the beaten path pick, Stadium 4, the fourth matchup, Jordan Thompson had such a good win to survive into the third round. Uh, Taking on Grigor Dimitrov, I think that's going to be a really interesting one. Also, earlier on that court, you've got Botik van den Zanschkot, the Dutch player, taking on Felix Auger Aliassime. Those are two names that are mouthfuls for the chair umpire, but really interesting stories to watch there. And just overall, you know, you look at the doubles lineup, you look at a lot of interesting stories off of the singles. It's going to be another great, great day of tennis in Indian Wells. All right, last one for you, Nick. Um, when you look at that lineup on Stadium One, which one? are you gravitating to specifically? Oh, there's so much good tennis to be played, but I I'm, I didn't have to even think on this one. I, I'm most excited for Simona Halep and Coco Gauff. You know, they played actually the only time they've met is that Wimbledon when Coco Gauff had her breakout. She beat Venus. She had a couple other great wins to get into the fourth round and then didn't play poorly against Simona who went on to win the title at Wimbledon. That was three years ago. So much has happened in the world in tennis, but mostly for Coco Gauff in her own world. It's her 18th birthday. <laughs> she gets to celebrate her 18th birthday by taking on Simona Halep on center court at Indian Wells. Uh, that's a pretty good birthday present. And I think she's gonna bring it. I think she's going to challenge Simona and um, overall, again, a, another embarrassment of Rich's day here in Indian Wells. It was a huge day on Saturday, and Sunday is going to be just as terrific as Nick was pointing out. On behalf of Jill and Nick, thanks for listening to the Tennis Paradise podcast. Till the next day, when we will be on Daylight Saving Time, this is Craig Gabriel.